And he was playing a bunch of people one like one v ones and like wrote their names down and he played like a hundred and something people. He said, "If anyone can beat me, I'll give them a hundred bucks." And uh, a couple of my buddies were like, "Dude, like you're nasty. You gotta go play him." And I was like, "Oh, all right, whatever." So like I go and play. I went up like thirteen to two on the kid. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters, which suddenly appeared in the Atomi area, will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Oh my God. We gone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 49 of the First Sip Podcast. We are back. We'll talk about our lull in one second. First, we want to introduce today's guest, our dear friend. He's an engineer, but he's also a pro gamer, Sean Perry, who's also known in the gaming world as known as Phenom. Today's episode is going to be centered around gaming. Dikembe and I are nerds. The kid on this podcast is a nerd, and we are all gamers. We're going to talk about what real pro gaming tournaments are like, what the atmosphere is like what people are making out there, what the prizes look like, his experience and journey as a gamer. And then we're probably just going to chop it up a little bit because we've known Sean for a long time. So we're going to have some fun today. Sean, thanks so much for coming on. Um, first thanks things first. <clears throat> Man, first things first, what are you sipping on? What, what uh, you want for the episode? We got some, uh, some BCAAs, you know, okay. keeping the mind right, keeping the body energized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, little evolution. Mm. Dude. the whole package from uh, bodybuilding you know how it is <laughs> yeah subtle plug we'll Jack, get that supplement the, later this getting year the we'll, fingers jacked yeah, up yeah we gotta add them in we gotta yeah yeah, yeah. Dikembe, what are you sipping on today oh why'd you say that in such a happy way because i'm so eager for you to talk about why you're drinking what you're drinking and what you went through oh i'm drinking body armor to rehydrate to rehydrate it's a great electrolytes <laughs> yep about 10% coconut water. Body armor Filled is great. some great vitamins and minerals for your body to rehydrate. Yes. I was one of the Which first 40 employees. You were. You used to bring this home by the caseload. I know. You got any stock? No, dude. How crazy. Uh, Listen. Just missed the boat, too. Should. Supposedly, the next wave of employees got stock. Yeah. No shot. Abe Malik and Ryan would be sitting pretty right Didn't they just get bought out, too? Yeah, yeah. No, it's fine. Oh, no. It's fine. <laughs> at the ground level you really messed up i was one of the first 40 employees. you really messed up they're everywhere damn we would have been up yeah, but it's not too late time. they yeah. were good man yeah no they were great <laughs> yeah i yeah. feel like they could do with some ad space what oh maybe especially they can. with how it's been helping me over the past week why Listen, is it helping you to body armor what has happened? really helped me rehydrate over the past week can you tell our fan base i have lost thank you a lot tell that tell our fan base why we missed it health wise mentally Kembe was physically sick. i was i was more than sick you were sick i was i think i was on my deathbed you were I thought you I were done. I want to put that out there because you know people say words mean. W- listen, words matter. I know. So I was on a serious bed rest, but I couldn't get up. Was it COVID? Back. No, you know I, I deal with my GERD, right? So yeah. chronic acid reflux. So it got to a point where I had a really bad flare up, a really really bad flare up, and it knocked me down for the day, and then probably like five six days after that because wow. when it does happen, I mean you see, you know, like I can't eat, you know, I can't really drink anything, so you kind of have to let it run its course. Sure. <laughs> while training is course, it's doing its damage on your body, right? So like I said, you're not able to hydrate, you're not able to eat, so you're starting to drop weight. You're not able to really move around and do normal work because you're just in a really, in a fog state, right? So coming out of that, I'm, I'm happy to be out of it. You seem happy, bro. Don't want to go back into it. Um, like I was telling Albert, I haven't drank caffeine in the past week. Maybe that's a little bit about it. Uh, has to do something with it too, but we'll see. He sent me a picture like midway. He looked like Steve Urkel. I was I was <laughs> went in the machine and turned it to stuff on. Yeah, yeah. Before he how much weight did you lose? He was hunched over and everything. He had suspenders. Totally, on. probably yeah. 
round number like 10, 10 pounds 10 pounds yeah. round number, yeah. that's a lot that it, is a lot yeah 10's a lot you probably have a wicked low body fat percentage to begin with too exactly. so like to lose 10 pounds is crazy and that's the thing it's like you're literally just grasping onto like Nothing, nothing, bro. You would probably die from a paper cut right I now. Was, I was so nervous. <laughs> I was worried I might like slip. I told you that I would slip and fall in the shower and that would be it. <laughs> what would happen? I don't know, dude. If That's I why I was texting you all the shower. time. I really thought you were done. What would happen? I, when would bro, they I, find I, I was thinking about it like, how am I going to carry this on? This is why I do wellness checks every morning with the boys. I'm, I'm, I was like drafting a will for you. You you didn't for have first set. I already have that. You know I got contingency plans. Oh good. good. I got my I got my hologram ready to go. Oh, yep. That's the worst part. People would be like, yo, where's the Kembe been? Uh he's probably just being the Kembe. We'll hear from him in a week. <laughs> so like, you know, I've been dead in my he's been dead for five days. Yeah. Yeah. Water's still running. Yeah. <laughs> Water's uh, still going. I'm just stuck in there. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're healthy and we're glad hey, you're man, back. I'm back. Yeah. Back. You're back. You're back. Yo, before we we get into the whole gaming and everything, um, your fellow uh, sports fan also, Sean. So I just wanted your opinion on tonight. Who do we think's winning, Bama or uh, Georgia? What do you think? Um, man, I, I mean, I'm just always going to side with Bama. Right. Um, Can't bet. They, they just steamrolled them too, right? So it's like, it's it's probably going to be Bama by, let's see, Bama by 17. Wow. Did you, yeah. I wonder what the odds are on that. That's probably yeah. a juicy pick, too. You know what? I can probably look it up. Yeah. Look at you you're getting excited. Trying well, try well, to gamble again. Well, I mean, the the public, you know, they, I'm was, sure they'll be listening back on this. He might be right. They might listen back Early content wreck. I was watching a show on Netflix about your your guys' kind with the gambling problems called <laughs> We don't on have Netflix. It's not a problem. It's only a problem when you look at it. also check out Bad Sports. Wait a minute. It talks about the, the negative sides, you know, the gambling world and how it gets into, like, college sports, professional sports. And about a lot of those um, scandalous stories that happened in the past. So we're not cool. involved in scandal, bro. It's only bad when you not yet, it. but it's only a matter of time until you tell me like, "Yo, Kemba, I got this guy from San Jose. <laughs> Fix a game for us, man." Bro, don't, don't. Albert was the Pete Rose of the NBC. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Everybody got to start somewhere. Everybody got to start somewhere. Yep, that wrestling match. I threw it on purpose. Listen, yep, yep. <laughs> I had money. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> All of them. Talking about taking a lot, a lot of dives I took I'm for some gambling. See, so Perry, how did What's you get started with this? Since I've known you, you've always been in gaming. So that goes back to our teen years, at least like 14, 15, you've been doing this. So how the journey? Yeah, started? dude, I just, uh, I don't know. Like, even when I was a kid, I was blessed with my, my brother's father. So my brother's actually my half brother. His father worked at like a PC Richards. He was like a, like a regional manager. So we always got hooked up with like all the newest systems and stuff like that. Like we always had everything like right off the rip. So I just always played video games as a kid, like with my brother and his friends and stuff. And then I don't know, I guess just naturally became like decent at it. I never like took it seriously. And then it's a funny story. Actually, the way it all started was um, at the West end fair. They used to have a gaming tent. I don't know if you guys ever seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this guy uh, named Donald who like ran it for the company. I don't, I don't know exactly what they did, but it was like almost like a little arcade in a, in a tent basically. Okay. And he was playing a bunch of people one, like one V ones and like wrote their names down and he played like a hundred and something people. He said, if anyone can beat me, I'll give them a hundred bucks. And uh, a couple of my buddies were like, dude, like you're nasty. You gotta go play them. And I was like, Oh, all right, whatever. So like I go and play. I went up like 13 to two on the kid <laughs> to start. What was it? And what was it for 1v1 of what game? Halo 3. Oh, wow. So it was like, right. It was a year after Halo 3 came out. So it was funny. I played a lot of Halo 2. I was a little nerd in Halo 2. I was like one of those like 
10, 11 year olds that like was way better than I should have been. It was like really high. I was like a full level 43 in, in team snipers. Like I was just a little troll basically. And like in Halo 2 to get above a 40 was really hard. Like there's maybe only a couple thousand people that had it legitimately. Okay. And, and then you were I, was, I was like 10, 11, maybe 12. And then uh, Halo 3 came out when I was 13, 2007. So um, yeah, I was 13 when Halo 3 came out. And I didn't like it when it first came out. I didn't like it at all. And I played like other games like Call of Duty, Gears of War, stuff like that. And, you know, just casually, you know, after school, whatever. And then um, after I played this guy at the gaming tent, he hits me up. So he's actually one of my buddy's older brothers. He was like six years older than me. He hits me up and uh, on like Facebook or something was like, yo, man, like me and a couple of guys are going to Dallas for an MLG tournament like next month. Like, do you want to come with us? And I was like, uh, sure. Like, you know, 14 right, right. years old, like, okay, like, yeah, whatever. So like we, I, that's my, that was my introduction. I never played like MLG like competitively and I was never into that stuff. So they kind of showed me the ropes to like get into the scene. Um, we went there, we went to that event. We got knocked out in like the third round. Like it was a joke. And then um, that kind of gave me the bug or, you know, of like, wow, this is a lot of fun. Like, so that those experiences like that, the MLG tournaments back in the day were like, you know, 256 teams of four plus your FFA bracket. They had like Gears of War was also there. Rainbow Six Vegas, like thousands of people went to these events. Like it was, you know, at a convention center in Dallas, like and it was really, it was really like the production was sick. I'm like, sorry. What'd you say? And so like, what year is this? Like 2007, 2006? To try? This was 2008. So okay. this was like November or October of 2008. Gotcha. Yeah, because I want to try to like paint like a timeline for people who are listening, like to how long you've really been doing this. You know, yeah. Like, realize that this is like, like you said, there's there was thousands of people interested in it back then who were really going to competitions, and yeah. you have seen the changes over the past 10, 15 years now. So that's probably and once again, most people are just looking at gaming now and hearing it in the grand scheme of things and thinking it's mm -hmm. really picking up now. But like we said, we have been nerding out on this stuff forever. So was there? And it looks like you had a question, Bert, but it's like, was there a point where you realized that there was, um, like there was a serious divide for you? Like, or was that, that, um, that gaming tent, right? Like that showdown at the gaming tent, was that the point where you realized like, oh, I'm really like, uh, I it was like, I guess it was that event, like just going to that event and, and seeing all that, like I did, I had no idea what to expect. And you just see like the whole production value of it, like is just sick. Like all the lights, the lighting, like this, the way everything was set up. Um, you know, you have like 40 something stations of Xboxes and TVs and everybody's just there playing Halo. Like, and it was just so cool. Like there's all these people who are just really good at video games, kind of like you are, and they're taking it seriously. Like they want to compete. And, um, you know, I just kept with it, like playing online and stuff like matchmaking and then like just getting more involved with networking with other people. Um, met, I met some people at the event, you know, and then, uh, it, after a couple months, it became obvious that like I was much better than those kids that took me to that first event, right? So like I progressed like much quicker than a lot of other people. Um, so by the time like 2009 rolled around, um, I ended up going to no events. I went to one event in Columbus just as a spectator. It was a ton of fun. You can play on like open stations. They have like FFA stuff. Like it's just a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun to go. What does that and, stand um, for? FFA. Free for all. 
Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, so that's MLG. eight people in a lobby, everyone for themselves, yeah. What's MLG? You were saying that earlier. Major League Gaming. Oh, okay. Yeah, so MLG was the pioneer of competitive esports. Like, they were the flagship. Like, Halo 3 was the thing. Like, it was Halo 2, then Halo 3. And there was a ton of hype around it. They had all kinds of sponsors, like Doritos and Dr. Pepper, like, got involved, Red Bull. And that's where, like, your legends came out of it. Like, the Walshy and T-Squared. Like, T-Squared was on every Dr. Pepper bottle in the world for a while. There's like a picture of Obama with T-squared space on the Dr. Pepper bottle. Like pretty, yeah. Like it got pretty big in like 2008, 2009, 2010 was like MLG's heyday. Like that was really huge. And that's like, right. You know, 2010 is really when I got super into it. And uh, for that season. And um, that was like, at the end of that season, I took fourth in the free for all out of like a total of like 8,000 competitors or something like that. Um, yeah, so like I got sponsored by um, Doritos no to way. go to the event. Yeah, they threw me like a little stipend. That's yeah, cool. yeah, paid like paid for me to go per diem all that, and I was like 15 years old, so it was pretty cool. <laughs> and then I just awesome. played in the free for all event, and uh, yeah, I got fourth place. Um, but just to give you like an idea of like where where it is now to where it was back then, I didn't get paid anything for taking fourth place out of 8,000 people. Well, that I'm so happy bringing that up. Yeah, so like where. You said MLG was kind of like, you know, the main pioneer, the main pioneer yeah. in the early days mm-hmm. of uh, esports and things like that. Now you see there's so many smaller little groups, right? Like little cults of gamers that have kind of like linked up and formed either their own group, right? Or now right. getting sponsored by other companies. So like, what does that look like now? So yeah, the landscape's totally different now. So you had MLG back then, which basically ran Halo. And then you had games like, um, like I've mentioned before, Gears of War, Rainbow Six Vegas, uh, they were much smaller scenes. So like if Halo had 250 teams, Rainbow Six Vegas had 30 and Gears had 50. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, the prize pools were like way less. Like for those events back then, like your first place team took $20,000. And then for the national championship, it was 100000 That's a lot. And you had like four or five of those events a year. Um now, like the prize pool for HCS, which is the Halo Championship Series, is like it's, it's ridiculous. It's like two point six million right now for That's the season. Face like, don't some of these guys game like on a monthly basis and do tournaments where they're each taking home like ten, twenty thousand dollars? Yeah, so I don't know how it works with the individual like tournaments because they do it like season based now. Yeah, they have like the qualifiers and they do regionals and then they have like worlds where they bring in teams from all over the world. Now, nobody really can compete with the North American teams. You have like maybe two European teams that could kind of compete, but nobody outside of America has a chance of winning, really. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh, so we do this on a global level? <clears throat> yeah, I didn't know that. I thought- well, well, in Halo, we do. Halo and COD, we own. Really? Like, yeah, for sure. And Apex. Why don't we do well then? Because I used to be killer at Command and Conquer. Do they have any like global Command and Conquer and, championships? And roller coaster tycoon. Broke, I, I shut it down. Yo, so they got like League of Legends is like that, right? It's that. It's basically like Command and Conquer, same kind of system, if you will, strategy based stuff. And uh, yeah, we we don't stand a chance in that game. Uh, the, the Asians, the Asian kids, like the Koreans and stuff like that, they absolutely have a lot. Like StarCraft is another big one. Um, all those types of games, even like Valorant, like Counter Strike, like we don't we don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. I wonder games. why. I wonder what the difference is. I wonder why we have like such an advantage in COD and Halo and Apex. 
and like Asia and Europe is more advanced. Well, those than are other. more like strategy and simulation based games. So I was yeah. I'll be so what's that saying? Like we're just more aggressive. We're just dumber. <laughs> really? We're just dumb. It it's, is a cultural thing. We yeah. play first person shooters. They just don't. Uh, interesting. You know? It's like Canada plays hockey. We play football. Right. No, that's true. That makes sense. You know what I mean? I was gonna ask about that too. Like you probably or. I don't know. You hear the conversation a lot with parents too when they see their kids playing games all the time. They're like, how does this translate over into what you're going to do now in life? Right. And you say, like, okay, other cultures might be able to translate certain like knowledge to games, right? And it's like, okay, it makes them a better gamer. But do you notice like there's certain skills that you can now take into your your work life, like your your adult world? You know, the real um, I think I, I don't know if I gained any specific um traits to carry over i will say that i think video gaming in general is really good for uh brain power in terms of like problem solving um information processing stuff like that um now when you do it at a highly competitive level like 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 i was um there's a you know it's like any sport right where you know you have practice you scrim against teams you do film sessions you watch other teams uh vods and rebroadcasts and so it's like any sport so in that sense it's you know you're you're putting in the work and the time and you know so i guess that's like a good like life you know experience to undergo and, and but that you know you can apply that to many different you know any sport or activity that you're uh you know passionate about you right so and the reason i ask is like i you know just working in like office-based environments or like having to train people you realize that sometimes with the younger generation there's certain things that if people grew up playing games right or like grew up like you said playing sports then coaching certain things in the work environment is a little bit easier mm-hmm. so like i know certain times i've been behind somebody who's working on a computer and they might be a younger person maybe five seven years younger than me and i'm sitting there explaining to them in like a video game fashion mm-hmm. you just see like how things just start clicking or they're able to just kind of like wrap their head around it a little bit differently because they're like oh if I think of this like going through a game or going through levels, you know, in different challenges, it's just like that. I just got to get more competent, like picking up new skills in the game or improving my character. And it's just like improve yourself, you know, in the job role. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. So like that's just something I noticed, like once again, when I was working in the office that like you see certain people can think like that mm-hmm. or even on the critical thinking side. Right. Like maybe something will shut down. And it's like, ah, how do I get through this? Those that ability to, you know, like say, like, OK, don't shut down here in the middle of the game. Don't right. down in the middle, you know, of your team having to do something mm-hmm. over to the workforce because you're now you're like, I got to find a way. I got to mm-hmm. figure something out. I got to use my brain power and keep progressing or I'm just going to be stuck here. So I will say there's a there's a level of when you go to play on land at a tournament, there's an increased level of pressure by like a lot. A lot of people are watching you. Um, there's, you know, uh, maybe it's your first event, whatever the case is like you get super nervous. It's just like performing. So to be able to perform under pressure and stuff like that is obviously translatable as well. Yeah, um, yeah bro. Imagine hitting a drive in front of, imagine. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Pro yeah. golfers, dude. When yeah. I went through the, the PGA down in Kiowa Island, they have 20,000 people surrounding mm-hmm. the tee box. Yeah. That was insane. Could, man, that man. many people watching you see off, no shot. No shot. Someone's dead. <laughs> I can't 100%. even do it myself. Yeah. Just by myself. No. Oh my gosh, dude, dude! When when Phil Mickelson when Phil Mickelson hit his shot walking up to win the PGA Championship, he had like eighteen thousand people behind him on the fairway, like they were standing behind him, and you're just chilling. 
and they were like around him like one fall shank one dude's asleep like (laughs) you're going to the hospital you get hit like you're saying after a while you just start building up that just you just realize it's just you just do this yeah yeah what's the uh craziest tournament you ever played in and like what was the landscape like like picture (laughs) craziest tournament in terms of what I don't know. So, like, the, the, for example, say, or even like my even, run in the tournament was crazy, or like just the atmosphere was crazy. So, like, so you know how, like, at the Super Bowl, they bust out all the bells and whistles, right? The halftime yeah. show is insane. Mm-hmm. Do they do the same thing? Like, what's the oh, Super yeah, Bowl? Like what was the best gaming? produced? What was yeah. the best produced competition? Like, where they have the best okay. equipment. The, yeah. You get the, like, like what sponsors food, were dropping snacks. millions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, the old MLG tournaments, it's actually funny if you were to bring up, like, a YouTube video of it, they had what was called main stage and it was this giant like production area and basically you had your two teams that were like stationed at the front with like a backdrop of you know sponsors lights all that stuff and then you literally just had like a bunch of bleachers like set up all in front of them again with the whole like lights and production stuff all you know all that hoobla um and uh that scene was crazy man because like the sound and like you had the on the on the behind the players you had like the projected screens of like everyone's gameplay and stuff like that so you had all four uh povs from each team like right above them so everyone in the main stage can watch that and you know like if someone hits like a crazy like no scope or a double kill like that like everyone just starts going nuts and like you can like if you're sitting there in the main stage area like it was just so loud like so crazy and it's because it's real tight it's not like a big area but like a lot of people in there like it's a, it gets really loud and playing on that main stage. So I played on that main stage when I was in the finals for the free-for-all. And uh, it's just like, when people start cheering like that, like you just, everything, even with these, this exact headset is what I wore. Not this exact one, but the same type of one. You just can't hear any game sound anymore. <laughs> like, you just yeah, right. don't hear anything. <laughs> it's just like, it gets so loud in there. And it's actually interesting because we haven't seen that level of production in a long time because MLG dumped a ton of money. They had a lot of sponsors. They dumped a lot of money into it. And then they fizzled out because Halo fizzled out. Halo took a turn for the worst after, you know, when Reach came out. And then um, it wasn't until Infinite came out and I went to Raleigh and the production there was actually really good. They brought a lot of that aspects back. And there was a lot of people there, a lot of spectating, you know, the whole production value of it. Oh, give them credit. It was really well ran. What was the top prize there? Because that was the one you just went to, right? Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I want to say in the neighborhood it was like 80000 for that one. That's, that's but, it, but it was literally called like a kickoff qualifier. Like it wasn't like one of the main events. So like when they have Worlds at the end of the year, that will be like a $1.5 million prize pool. And they'll have like three, four, or five events leading into that. Mm. Who's the? What's the like the highest paying game right now out there? Do you know? Was it like Fortnite? Probably Apex. So yeah, that's the interesting thing is um, right. comp gaming doesn't have like a ton of money in it. It's all it's transitioned so much. It's you know it's everything's focused on content now and and streams and stuff like that. Right. So even like your top Apex kids. Yeah make their money you know or top halo top apex top cod kids they're making most of their money off of their salary right you know, like Nick their, doesn't make his money it's um at tournaments no he makes it streaming 100 percent. right right and then so and then you have your your pro players some of them like how like imperial how and apex right he streams gets thirty thousand viewers he makes a ton of money off his stream right way more than he makes off of his salary with tsm or his tournament winnings 
it's in order to make money and competing you have to win so if you're not regularly winning you're not making like a livable wage so if if you're if you're a pro a pro player who's dedicating his life just to gaming obviously you're making money streaming on twitch which is a streaming mm-hmm. platform if you get signed to a professional organization which you have been before are there players out there that have like set salaries that are making actual oh yeah oh yeah yeah so all your tier one orgs right like your uh your so like TSM, uh, Sentinels, Phase, um, NRG, NRG, yeah, all those types of orgs, yeah, they're paying their guys a salary um, anywhere between twenty five hundred a month to upwards of fifteen thousand a month, depending on the game and depending on how good you are. The TSM kids probably get paid a ton, right? Like howling them. We're not good enough for that. Not for us, but when we start sponsoring these games. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, like, and you know, when we start FSG, right? Like when First we, Sip Gaming. Like when we were starting. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Right? You see, we do. That is good. FSG so sounds like, good. So like, we, and we sent you some First Sip Drink, right? Yeah. Another, it's got some staying power. I, I was thinking of while I was on my bed rest. Yeah. So, right? Yeah. We worked that in and be like, get, we get him in like a nice headset with the Listen, with the logo on the side. You see it. You see the vision, right? We're just going to have to censor him Perry, a little bit. Keep, keep getting more uh, <clears throat> numbers for us, right? So we can really build this out because we got some things coming over the next couple of years. Okay. Like, yeah, I'll run your gaming department. Philly's <laughs> making yeah, yeah, yeah. in the esports uh, category. So, yeah. did they did they finish that stadium down in South Philly? I have no idea. Yeah, they were. Um, uh, I think it's done. Yeah. I did think. No, I didn't. They, they built like a, a gaming stadium in South Philly, like an esports, like a yeah, arena. like yeah. an esports arena. Uh, like the first of its kind. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool, though. Yep. It'll probably it's like a six thousand capacity or something like yeah, that. We talk That's to her actually about it because I think one of her friends was involved in um, in the development of it. Oh, but, sure. You know, I'm happy you brought up like all that stuff because like you think people are so wrapped into like. Let's, we were just talking about football, right? Like football is the, one of the biggest things in America, if not the biggest sport, most popular sport, right? Bar like not everybody, the most popular. Yeah, everybody close. Close. yeah. People stop every yeah. once a week to do one thing and watch football, right? Correct. So like when you think about the future, though, more and more kids are playing games. More and more kids are watching people on Twitch, right? Like we talked mm-hmm. about. Sure. A platform where you can go and watch people stream video games. Um, same, same thing on YouTube. What do you think esports is really going to look like 10, 15 years from now? It's man, it's so tough because like if you asked me that question ten years ago, I would never describe what it is right now, right? So if you told me first off, like I remember how people used to react when they would hear that you were a competitive gamer playing Halo. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Albert used to think I was a loser. Yeah, and we, <laughs> and we were in the games, right? We, yeah. thought, we thought you were on a different level. It was like, yo, this kid, um, he may not be able to make it to the next part. <laughs> but like that's what I'm saying. Over the past ten years, people are now looking at like once again people look at guys like you and they're like wow like i want to follow this guy i want to be that guy i want to like game like him 10 years from now 15 years from now what is that going to look like now right it's like well kids are gonna i hear kids now getting scholarships they're going yeah That's yeah cool. like division one scholarships and stuff like that for it that i mean that would be a big play um if you know the ncaa got involved or whatever the case um, right you know, it could be insane. The content creation side, like people now building their whole following that way and saying like, "Oh, I can just make a name for myself." Yeah, the yeah. brand. Yeah, the branding, the self branding with, with with Twitch is huge. Obviously, um, yeah. as far as like competitive gaming, I, I, I'll say this: I think the future that needs to go towards franchising, which COD like tried to do like a couple of years ago, basically. So like you have like your New York Subliners is your one COD team, Chicago Huntsman. Um, you know, those are your COD teams now, LA Optic. Yeah. Um, 
trying to franchise the way like normal professional sports do. Like you have the New York Knicks, New York Yankees, right? Like that's their franchise in a city. That's, you know, that's how they're trying to do it. I think, I think there's an issue with gaming. Um, there's no parity. So even when you try to franchise your top teams, um, so even like in Halo, you have about four teams that can win a tournament right now. Okay, so there's that's it. That's You're it. going to pick four teams, right? Yes. Uh, and your five through, you know, five through eight teams are really good. They can compete, but they're never going to win a tournament. Sure, because one just more just going to win because they, yeah, right, yeah. So like, there's this one team, the uh, Sentinels, right? They are, I mean. I think they've come top three in every tournament for the last like six years. Okay, so is, the skill gap is just in on. It's, yeah, got it. Yeah, and they've been teaming together. They're like the Soviet Union of the '80s and '70s for hockey. Like they've just been playing together for like ten years. Like they're just they never going to leave. Stuff. Cool, nice. <laughs> so, um, I think there needs to be franchising, and they got to figure out a way to spread out the talent so that there's parity. You know how like sports have salary caps to make sure that the Yankees don't just fill up on everybody every year. So you think it's going to, I think it's going to come down to more money then, right? So like people just pouring in and investing in the money's coming. They need the infrastructure. They need the structure. The money's there. They need the infrastructure. They need people in charge who know, have a vision. They're smart about it. And that's why you're coming on FSG, right? Because I remember hearing people about like, money's not there for FSG, though. But you know, we can find we'll get there. Money. That's it. <laughs> you get the idea, the money will come. You yeah. find yeah. it. So I remember when people like uh, Gary V, Drake were starting to invest in some of these um, gaming franchises, like you're talking about, and just starting to like invest in building up these teams. And I'm like, once again, what does that look like when you get more and more people who are saying like, "Yo, here's five million dollars to develop your squad of gamers," right? Like, what would you I don't, imagine somebody came to you and said, "Hey, Perry." We've been following what you've been doing over the past two to three years. We want to build with you. So here's a $5 million proposal mm-hmm. for you to build out a game in the Philadelphia area, in the tri-state area, and say, like, mm-hmm. make it elite. Oh, he wouldn't pick anyone from here. <laughs> oh, no, without a doubt. You know what's funny? So some teams have done that, like uh, where they hire a coach or a team manager who was an elite player 10 years ago or something like that, has a lot of networking and infrastructure capabilities like that. The problem is, is like you're like best players. Like there's only so many Imperial Howls. There's only so many uh, Frosties, uh, Shotsies. You know, just so you guys know, Frosty and Shotzi are like two of the best Halo players of all time. Shotzi's also the best COD player in the world right now. Right. And he could come back to Halo tomorrow, get signed to the best team, would probably be the best Halo player in the world. Just a gifted individual. He, he's just, yeah, he's just yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. And there's only so many of those kids and nobody can compete with them. Even your, you know, your, like I said, five to eight seated teams, those kids cannot compete with a shot seat. So even so if you were to give someone a massive investment and say, Pan, they're not going to leave their organization. Right, yeah. So you can't keep winning. Right. Yeah, That's they can team up whoever they want, wherever they want. You guys bringing that up though, it makes me think, how many kids right now are between 10 to 18 who are going through Nike and all these football camps? who will never make it to even a D2 school. Oh, 90, 99% of them. Yeah. They're still developing their skills over that time, right? Sure. And even if half of them mm-hmm. do make it to some sort of collegiate level of sports or being able to play at that next level. Yeah, 5% of them. It's still growing the pool, right? So like, right. when we look back at that and saying like, okay, over the past 10 years that we've looked at, the pool has already grown and now it's making more of an impact on the um, on a global level, right? More people are really tapping into it. 
what does it look like now if more and more kids, like you said, have the infrastructure, have the area to go in and say, oh, I can't really make this part of my development, part of something I want to grow mm-hmm. into. Just like how a kid could say, oh, I'm going to go to soccer camp or football camp. Like, are there going to be more gaming camps? Like, is there yeah, gonna be like a that's interesting. Camp? Like, you know, I've actually thought about this before. Like, you know, we have like USA hockey for the youth hockey and same thing for soccer, right? Like you have all this youth infrastructure. There's none of that in gaming. Mm-hmm. It's all just one pool of open bracket teams forming together from anywhere between 13 and 30 years old. Right. It's sure. just like, yeah, there's no, like, there's no tears. There's no like, and for someone like me at this point in my life, I like to be competitive. I like to play competitive, but I have my limits. I can only play so much. I can only dedicate so much time yeah, and energy. You have a career and responsibility. Yeah, right. At the like end of the day, can, video games. Sounds yeah, like exactly. You're a great coach. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I've gotten that before too. Listen, <laughs> right? It might be time to transition into mm. something, start developing the next wave. It's yeah it's weird like there i think there needs to be some kind of infrastructure for like you know have like a a 12 to 16 age group and then like you form a league with that and then like a 20 and under age group and then like a 20 and over is like your men's league or something like that you know what i mean like try you got to make it more like you got to have competitive hobby levels to it not just everything everyone's trying to be pro because like like you said 99.9 percent of the people aren't going to be pro like Exactly. It's just never going to happen. But they're going to work and they're going to try to get to that same level and as if they will reach that pro level, right? And that's the thing that I think it's it's a huge opportunity also because you think of you're an engineer, right? So like in day-to-day life, you have a, you know, that's the role that you play. But if these kids are going to gaming camps, start doing these things, like what other areas, right? Like we were talking about before of transferring these skills, like, okay, if you can't be a professional gamer, if you're not going to be on a team, what does that look like for you, though? Because you've been developing those types of technical skills, right? Or those, just that area of like expertise, where can that now transfer over? Like, are you going to be really good maybe at computer engineering, right? Are you going to be probably. more inclined to just be and more, you might be more that, towards that, yeah. Right, than the next person. And then we know the future is tech, right? What does it look like now if you're saying, oh, you have a, a chunk of the, the childhood population who is being brought up around technology? whether it be through gaming, but also understanding things like coding and engineering and stuff like that, right? Actually, you see it now with like some, like even younger and younger kids, like between like three to five. I know my niece had a, um, we had gotten her a coding game for her tablet, right? So instead of you just sitting there playing games, you're also learning coding basics. Which is awesome. That's cool. Right? So you think about it, it's like you're putting two and two together. So it's like, yeah, you can learn. And she, listen, she can use a tablet better than most, <laughs> most people our age, right? They'll sit there, open it up, do everything on there. Oh, kids are freaks like, like that. Six years old, they can. And that's it's amazing. It's like, awesome. Just like that. They're like, so evolved, dude. Right? Yeah. We grew up with a lot of coaches on the sports side of things. Imagine if we had a tech coach. I mean, I mean, that's what teachers are basically growing up. How many nowadays. teachers did we have in school who couldn't even get the the projector to work? Almost all of them. Exactly. So we that's what them. I'm saying. Well, like, we it's a, it's well, that's a curriculum thing, right? Like, yeah, right. To... Listen, listen, man. But that's the exciting thing to me because just like you said, there it there needs to be an environment for these things because I think there's a huge potential and a huge upside if it can be done well. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. As as tech evolves, gaming yeah. is going to evolve, and so yeah. I think though I think the only problem is and like what he was saying earlier, there's only one shots here, whatever his name was, Frosty, mm-hmm. and only one how. Yeah. The problem with gaming is how can be how for the next forty years. Tom yeah. Brady has been Tom Brady for the past twenty. Yeah, but Tom Brady is a legit, and he's done. So after is LeBron five. James. Correct, twenty and twenty. That's correct. But their time is approaching. 
Michael Jordan. gamers is not going to approach. Michael Jordan was only like ten, but they're they're gamers. But I mean, like, I'm saying always a gamer, those people who come before, right? And then there's that next oh, iteration, is what I'm co- saying. Correct. But what I'm saying is, in gaming, it can last longer. There's no physical expense, and that's that's another, that's a good that's I like that because like when you look at gaming, I think people are getting more comfortable doing it at an older age, also, right? And it's not just like a kid based thing. So when you're saying like that longevity of being able to do this, I wonder how that's going to look. Well, he well he's he's basically saying that right now there is like a Messi and a Ronaldo who rule the world. That at, no matter what you do, who you mm-hmm. pump through, no one's going to mm-hmm. dethrone them. So it's not it's not that competitive, which is a problem. There's no parity, right? Right. Yeah. It yeah. is like the soccer leagues like that, yeah. Yeah, Messi yeah. and Ronaldo are getting older, Malibu's though. Eventually, that, yeah. they will fall. Still mm-hmm. haven't yet. So, what, so who are the bench players that are being developed, right? Like, there has to – like, I don't know soccer, right? I don't – like you're saying – Yeah, they'll come out of the woodwork. That's not – I mean, that's that's not the issue. But, like, yeah, you'll have, like, your next line of top players. Because, um, like, even, like – okay, so we've had Down for 10 years. Down yeah. came up in 2007, 2008, whatever. And he was a god, right? Out, right off the rip, everyone knew that kid was just different. Right. And he's been like that for 15 still years is. now. Yeah. And he still like was playing Apex the last two years. Said, "I want to play Halo again and get signed by Phase." Yeah. <laughs> it's just like he's just different, and he's 30. And it's like, yeah, you have Shotzi. Shotzi's 19, coming up as the new guy. And but like, it's still. I mean, it's still just an issue. Like like we were just talking about with the, the parody thing is just the issue. Because guess what? Because Snipe Down and Shotzi are also teaming with other players who are just close to that level. That's why Sentinels is so good. They have three of the top five players of all time on their team. Right. Cool. So we, yeah. we need let's to put right LeBron, away. Kevin Durant, and Steph together on a team. Like we, just, need to build, well, Kevin we need to build the AAU of gaming. Yeah. It seems we, like there's yeah, an opportunity. That's what it, sounds like. it sounds like we need to be those guys to build the yeah. infrastructure for the next wave of gamers. Yeah, you're not. <laughs> like what you're Plans saying. Would love that. That's what I'm saying because what you think is all these all the big money, they want to invest in potential, right? Well, parents might parents might like that though. If yes. it could get their kid out of the house to That's socialize instead if of just playing in the house and sets like, apart some time like a you know, a set aside time. Every week we're going to go over something sh- like we're going to, hey, yeah. like, this week we're going to improve this. Mm-hmm. This week we're doing KBM. This week we're doing controller, right? We, this week we're going to have a special guest. Perry's going to stop by to tell you guys about his journey. Man, I'm already seeing this. I'm just talking. I already see it happening. So uh, so before we, we pivot to content wreck of the week, how we how we end the episode, all we talked about is gaming, whatever. What as as someone who plays at your level, right? And you played with yeah. us before, and you play with a bunch of people before. What do you think are like anyone who's listening right now? What common tips could you give out to make someone better? Like, what are simple things that you would say that you see the average person always doing wrong in first person shooters that you think would make the them trash. better? So two things: always try to play faster than you're comfortable with. A lot of people stay in their comfort zone. And uh, what happens is things start moving around them too fast, so they slow down. And um, it's not like it's not the way it's act. It's just how they perceive it. So if you force yourself to play faster, you know, click your buttons quicker, like just do everything quicker, get your mind working quicker. Um, then everything around you slows down. It's kind of like a car on a highway, right? If you stand on the side of the highway and a car zips at you. 80 miles per hour it's like holy crap that thing just zipped right by me if you're doing 80 miles per hour with the 80 mile per hour car it just looks like a car that's next to you right damn mm. 
That was a good tip. I'm happy with that because I've been waiting for those soundbite moments and that was it. That so, was nice. So if you were playing with Dikembe, Dikembe's, Dikembe's, he would see whiz by. Yeah, exactly. He's, yeah. he's dead before he even knows we're playing. Before yeah, he even knows what happens, he's like, damn, that kid's good. I'm like, everything's going good. I'm running around the game thinking everything's yeah. fine. And all of a sudden, I'm like, Albert, we're being dropped on. And I'm, like, I'm turning around. The next thing no, you we're know, dead we're, already. We're back Didn't in the lobby. Yeah. conversation yet. Back yeah. in the lobby. Yeah. Uh, back up again. Okay, what's the other tip? Um, you know, awareness, just general awareness of like, just keeping a track of met, like recall, right. Of just knowing where people are and being like proactive of like, okay, I know this guy was here. Now I know he's going to be here. It's just, it's like just keeping track of everything. Um, forcing yourself to, to recall, um, you know, where people are, where your teammates are in live time. Cause it gets really easy. Again, when you start to feel pressure, and things start to speed up around you, you get tunnel vision because now you're, you, there's so much going on that you get tunnel vision and you just want to focus on what's in front of you because that's easiest. Um, if you, if you really try to focus on ever on the big picture of everything going on, it allow it opens you up to be able to, you know, make evasive maneuvers, uh, rotate out of a bad position like stuff like that, or maybe get, get some help from baiting and switching with a teammate. Um, well, you know, stuff like that listen people you telling me those aren't life skills right there <laughs> be aware of what's going on around you at all times and drive faster on the highway and move faster <laughs> yeah. than you gotta move yeah yeah no. listen that drive as fast as you can yeah. those are two like no, those are two life skills yeah. right now all right First, no not condone speeding. life, life ain't waiting for you flying First right by podcast you. llc so you- does not condone speeding who anybody who has ever driven with you since 2007 knows you don't believe that. <laughs> Everybody since it's 2007, right? Let me do. I'm a safe driver. Dude, that's that's spot on. 2000. Yeah. No, we graduated in 11. So I didn't get my license in seven. I think you were driving. Probably, oh, I was probably driving. Yeah, that's legally. Why. Legally, we're not talking about. So, how legally. we end the episode typically is with the content wreck of the week. Pair, what's yours? Why don't you kick us off? What's your content record of the week for us? Throw one out here. It's a little obscure. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and a lot of people haven't watched it. Some people have, but uh, it is an old time classic that, you know, a lot of people have probably heard of is uh, Band of Brothers. Have you guys seen it? Okay. So I haven't. Have you? you know no. Brothers? No. Wow. Well, there you go. What, what yeah. service is it on? HBO. Okay. HBO. Yeah. So it's, um, it was. It came out in like year two thousand or something like that. It was, uh, I believe, Spielberg produced it. Um, times like The Wire and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it might have been just after The Wire. Yeah, it was like right around the you know new millennium, whatever. Um, and it's just a it's a recount. Um, um, easy Company, a World War II paratrooper, hundred first airborne company, and it's basically just like their start from training camp all the way through to the end of the war. Oh wow! Yeah, and uh, it's. Dude, it, I think it's like one of the greatest pieces of cinema that you can even come across. It's based, it's like what twelve episodes or something like that. That's it. They it's like one season. One uh, was like, when I was like TV series that really like changed the way that like other producers and directors went ahead like building out cinematic shows. Yeah, you know I mean? like, sounds like shows, all like shows. Yeah, because like you said, shows like that back then, early two thousands, weren't really made that way. Like it, made, it was just like a movie. It was like Saving Private Ryan, but like more serious like not as Hollywood and uh, like over like 12 episodes. Cause Spielberg also did Saving Private Ryan, like right at the same time, honestly probably used the same props and stuff for the two, like had the same production sets. I wouldn't doubt it if he did. Um, 
but it's it's a really good show. I, I think you'd like it, Albert, a lot, actually. Yeah, I'll watch it. You would like it. What's yours, Deke? You'd really enjoy it. So, which one did I go with? Stay Close. I think oh, that's yeah. the title of it. Mm-hmm. Stay Close. Yeah, yeah, Stay Close. It's a new series on um on Netflix. Harlan Coben uh, really started off the year hot. So, for people who don't know, Harlan Coben is a, let's see, he's a... He's an author. I mean, he produces shows now, but he writes a lot of true crime um, stories, right? True crime mysteries and things like that. Um, murder mysteries. So this one is about, man, where do we start with this one? It's about a girl who has an interesting past, right? That she has to kind of leave and cover up. And now she has a new family, you know, kids moving on with her life. And then, of course, history shows up on her front doorstep. And now she has to answer a lot of these questions, right? <laughs> don't want to answer it. So, of course, now she has to try to hide some things. Some people end up dead, but we don't know who is killing all these people, right? Mm. Of course, we get to the end of the series, and then who you thought it was wasn't the person, but then something else popped up. You guys got to watch it. If you're looking for a good cliffhanger, a good murder mystery, this is one. What's it going to start the year with? Stay close. Stay close. Yeah. Nice. Carrie will love that. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So mine is. Uh, can actually referred it to my wife. What's the name of the the thing with What's time it? with Times Square? Oh, uh, what is it? Crime scene. Crime time, scene. Times Square Killer. The Times Square Killer. There you go. Is mine. Um, I don't watch those kind of shows, but I ended up watching it with my wife, and it was really cool. It's a whole breakdown of this one serial killer um, from Times Square in like the 1970s, going into the 80s. Like the and Deuce. Um, what? Who's the deuce? I don't know who the deuce is. is that, that was like the area or whatever. Is it, was he killing like prostitutes and stuff like that? Yeah, dude. So I didn't yeah. even know that Times yeah. Square was like that. Really? Yeah, Midtown was, was like the sickest, nastiest, evil place ever well, in the seventies. It, it wasn't evil back then. People were just more sexually just expressive. insane, dude. And then AIDS was like rampant there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, it, it was crazy. But anyway, this guy was an insane serial killer and told the whole story of how they caught him. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Did you hear the part? What was the name of it? Um, I think it's crime scene. scene. I think the is Times the, Square Killer. Yeah. The Times Square Killer. Times, I don't. Times Square. It, it was cool, man. It was three parts, and it was just it was crazy what the dude did. He was like, yeah. they're so sick. Those people. Man. At first, I was like, I thought it was building a little slow because I'm like, God, they're not really talking about the killer too much. They're just talking a whole bunch about Times Square. But I guess it does give a necessary background. Yeah, it sets the stage. Yeah, like understanding like what because people think Times Square now they're gonna be like, oh, the show Broadway, all the lights, and just like you said, Mm-mm, that's not what it started out with. Yep. Basically, very like, different. Red light district. Yeah. yeah but, uh, but uh, hey, man, um, do you have anything else you want to sign off with? Uh, I'll just give you a second quick content uh, rec or whatever, oh, nice. just because you mentioned it. Uh, on HBO is also The Deuce, which okay. the only reason why I know about Times Square being like that is because that whole show is about that scene. No, it's not nice. about killing and stuff like that, but it's about that area. It's with James Franco. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty good. I think there's like they're like three or four seasons in. It's still going, I think. So. Oh okay, the yeah. Deuce on HBO. Deuce, yeah. You check that and, out. Uh, and one more question, Perry. Yeah. Have you seen Ready Player One? <laughs> no, I keep like seeing it. I think it's on HBO actually or Netflix. It's probably one of the two. I see it. I just haven't watched it yet. Oh, dude, we I should need, have him back to talk I need about you, it. I need you yeah, to watch we can't talk about it without you watching. I need it. you to watch the most important and most impactful movie of the past twenty years. <laughs> The chemistry movie ever. Okay, made. we were just talking about Spielberg, also a Spielberg original. And I knew Okay. You. Did Spielberg make that? Yes. Wow. Really? That makes so much sense. And yes, bro. <laughs> it is Perry. You're gonna watch it and you're like, Kem, I, I see it's what cool. you were talking about. It's cool. Yeah. Everything we just talked about for the past 30, 40 minutes is wrapped up in that movie and it shows us where the future is gonna be, people. So <laughs> Check it right out. On. Yeah. Well, All hey, right. man, uh, we really appreciate right. it a lot. So thanks yeah. so much for coming on and we'll have you back. And 
Sure, man. No, it was good. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, this was awesome. Um, we're going to start working on FSG. Yeah, we're going to start working on FSG. Dikembe's getting back right. And uh, back, to the, back to the show, back to our weekly episodes. Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks a lot, Sean. And as always, enjoy the first sip. Thank you.